Hey friends, this is Ian Khan. You're listening to or watching the Ian Khan Show. Uh, this is where we cover emerging trends, technology, and the future. In this episode, uh, specifically this season, we've we've focused a lot on Web3 metaverse and the future of all of that and where that's headed. In today's episode, I have uh, with me from Unchained Music, promising to revolutionize um, the distribution of music and arts and so on. Uh, I've got Matt, Matt Waters, Matthew Waters. He's the CEO and the founder of Unchained Music. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Ian. Nice to see you again. Um, really great to be here and excited to kind of dig into this. Yeah. You know what? There's so much happening. And we covered some of this uh, a few years ago in, in my documentary, Blockchain City, about mm-hmm. Hey, here's how blockchain is going to revolutionize, you know, music distribution and why is there a problem in existing music distribution models and so on. So let's start at the beginning. Is there mm-hmm. a problem in music distribution right now and what is that problem? Yeah, I would say yes, there definitely is a problem in music distribution. The fastest growing music markets in the world are not your traditional Western industry, right? Um, Last year, it was something like 28% growth in Latin America and 36% growth in Sub-Saharan Africa. And a lot of these artists um, aren't able to actually reach a lot of uh, streaming services that we take for granted, the Spotify's, the Apple Music's, the TikTok's of the world. And even if they are able to reach it, it's hard to pay them out uh, because of lack of banking infrastructure or lack of education education here. So what we allow artists to do is actually get their music on all these platforms, all these streaming and download platforms completely for free, and then be able to pay them out on the back end without having to take a cut of the royalties or a subscription model or anything like that. Okay. And so, you know, there's stats out there that say, you know, 30, 40, 50% of, of, you know, what is owed to artists never gets to them because Mm -hmm. it just gets lost in the system. The system is very inefficient. And there's no way to track. There's no way to track where the music has gone, who has downloaded Mm -hmm. it, and when did they do it. And there's also the issue of uh, piracy and Mm -hmm. people just downloading stuff, um, you know, uh, all over the place. Is Mm -hmm. are are we looking at now this idea of Web three to change that? Something that you guys are doing? Like help us understand how Web three is going to help. Yeah. So what you talk about. is kind of the issue surrounding musical metadata. Whenever you release a track, there's a lot of identifiers that go out with the track. There's something called an ISRC code that talks about the track itself, the UPC code, and it goes on and on and on. You can talk about the IPI codes, the ISNIs, the INIs, um, you know, and ISWCs, and there's probably, you know, six, seven, eight different identifiers that go out with each of those things. And artists, if they're lucky, know what, yeah, UPC code and ISRC code are. Um, they know how to collect the royalties from a streaming platform. But what a lot of people don't know, there's also songwriting royalties that come along with this. There's also public performance royalties that come along with this. There's other ways that you can collect on this. And the biggest issue is the non-sharing of data within the music industry. We have people and companies that saying, okay, I'm going to talk to you, but I'm not going to talk to this guy over here. And so we have these silos of information that the record label will have their silo, the distributor will have their silo, and the streaming platform will have their silo. And they might have slightly different versions of that information. So you have this long, long game of telephone uh, that's playing being played from a data side um, all across the music industry. And so it would be very helpful if we had some sort of shared ledger where we could potentially share information. Um, yeah. You've heard that somewhere before, I'm guessing. Um, And so creating some sort of permissioned 
ledger where we could store all this information, where we could have this information travel with the artists and travel with the releases, um, would allow artists to get paid a lot faster. But unfortunately, we have entrenched interests in the music industry that make money off this being um, as complicated as it is um, mm -hmm. in keeping the artists in the dark. So yes, we do have a solution, but it's not a technological issue. It's a political issue. Mm, oh, wow. That's so interesting. Now, we also are talking about the metaverse today, right? Metaverse mm -hmm. is out there. I uh, recently, my uh, book released the metaverse for dummies, literally the, the operating manual for the metaverse uh, in an attempt to dehype like the big buzz around metaverse and to create some practicality, right? Mm -hmm. As the artistic community jumps into the metaverse and right, the metaverse has seen initial kind of uh, interest from from different artists, you know, whether it's Ariana Grande or what, who have you out there performing, have Justin Bieber uh, and, and uh, Scott Travis, they all have had shows on the metaverse and mm -hmm. attendees have put on these virtual reality glasses. They have flown together with these avatars. And that's kind of a big thing for the entertainment industry to mm -hmm. kind of jump into into a new medium of engagement mm -hmm. help us understand the transition between real world music performances artistic expression and then the metaverse and kind of the continuity of these digital ip rights of of music yeah so that's that's a large uh, bite to chew right here however we can start from a position of uh virtual concerts are definitely something metaverse concerts are definitely something that the industry is starting to accept um it's a way to like access uh, fans who can't physically be at a concert it's a way to give them another way to experience your music uh in a virtual world we have issues with accessibility here. A lot of the problems that we have in the metaverse is you're dealing with, uh, you know, like look at Meta, for example, right? The Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. uh, company. And uh, in order to access their version of the metaverse, you have to have their Oculus, right? You have to have this thousand dollar headset sitting yeah. in your face, which yeah. doesn't necessarily help accessibility. And if we're talking about accessibility within Web3, that's a major barrier, number one. Number two, um, when you talk about music rights and data being traveled with the music that's being performed, every time a, a piece of music is performed, right, in a public venue, right, so it can be at a club, it can be in a park, it can be in a gym, you should be paying royalties to that artist, right? Yep. The problem is in the metaverse, um, we don't know how to do this yet as a music okay. industry. There's conversations that are happening around this, but... Um, Traditionally, in the music industry, this is based uh, on where you are in the world. So every single country has their own way of dealing with this. And yeah. so obviously, when you're in a space that is not necessarily located within this country or that mm -hmm. country, you're not necessarily tracking where, hey, these users are from, where do you remit that payment? Yes, artists should be paid. But how do we actually track that information? How do we send this to uh, yeah. your PROs, right, which is the entities that generally collect this so for large artists, this is very easy, right? You do a direct negotiation with the metaverse space to remunerate the artist, nice and easy. But for these smaller artists, they're not getting paid right now. Um, and so the question of how is still a big uh, outstanding issue. Yeah. And you know what? That's and I, I'm, I'm totally not expecting us to, you know, uh, have all the answers here. But this is a very mm -hmm. important thing that you mentioned um, that, you know, payments right now, the payment industry right now is very mm -hmm. country-based, IP mm -hmm. rights country-based, and so on and so forth. And what happens when you have a metaverse that has no country, no jurisdiction? Oh, 
And this is a topic that needs to be debated in order for us to kind of create the ideology and the ideas that, hey, here's where regulation is needed on the metaverse. Here's mm-hmm. the structure of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And that's it's the right time to talk about these things is how do we structure the metaverse so that mm-hmm. it offers us the ability, right? We can go into the conversation of, you know, crypto. Yes, you'll be paid in crypto, but then it's which crypto, you know, uh, okay. and why and how and so on. So it's an endless discussion for sure, but mm-hmm. the right one, because right now I believe it's very early days of the metaverse. Uh, the foundations are being laid right now. Mm-hmm. So nowhere near maturity of it right now, at least for the next, you know, five to 10 years before we mm-hmm. see something concrete happening. Uh with respect to Web3, right, it's mm-hmm. all this idea of decentralization. It's the mm-hmm. idea of uh, creators owning their content and being able to monetize it. You're, you're, you're able to give permissions and restrict permissions for all kinds of data, mm-hmm. right? At the end, uh, performances are data. It's data that's being transacted uh, from one place to the other. Mm. As you scale up your organization, as you scale up your company, what kind of response are you seeing from either, you know, different countries or jurisdictions? Are you Mm -hmm. operational everywhere? Can artists everywhere in the world upload their content? That's number one. And number two, from streamers and platforms where you are streaming content, Mm -hmm. what are their requirements and needs that Mm -hmm. they were sensitive about that, hey, we need this or we don't need that? I'd love to understand that. Yeah, so I, I can talk about uh, both those things at the moment. Um, we're trying to make this as accessible as possible. So we are building an open distribution platform. So there are no prerequisites beyond, hey, don't steal someone's music, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like make sure you have the rights to the music you're releasing. Um, and then we're working and making sure we can pay out everywhere. Currently, we're able to support 120 countries across the world and 72 cool. fiat currencies wow. and USDC wow. is coming. Um, so the countries that we can't reach for whatever reason or is not supported by our payout partner borderless, um, we will be able to pay out in USDC or, you know, hey, banking infrastructure, right? If you're in Argentina, for example, maybe you don't want to hold the Argentinian peso because of the hyperinflation that's happening. And so you want to opt in to say, okay, well, I want to pay out on chain in USDC. Um, you know, some advantages to that, obviously, uh, easier transaction fees, shorter transaction times, things like that. Um, and the second part of your question, uh, could you remind me of that real quick? The second part was from the from the aspect of the streamers or the platforms mm. that are hosting yes. the music. What were their needs and requirements, and how are are you meeting those? Yeah, so basically every single platform that's out there has their own definition of what's good data and what's not good data. Um, they try to generally not make a definition of what is good music versus bad music, yeah. which, you know, with the explosion of AI that's happening right now, definitely calls into question of what should be on a streaming platform and what should yeah. not. But for example, uh, Apple Music is very strict in their metadata. They allow, um, they have to have a complete picture of exactly what that track is, if the track's cut off for any reason, if the metadata is not complete, uh, if it doesn't follow their content ID um, uh, guidelines, those tracks will be rejected. And then we have to go back to the user and say, hey, you know, this is a problem. Um, And so each platform has an idea of what they accept and what they don't accept. For example, uh, places like Spotify will accept DJ tools, samples, things like that. But places like Facebook and Instagram will not accept that into their content library. Um, So it really varies depending on the platform you're going to, to the streaming platform, to the download platform. And then we're having to negotiate that. Yes, this can go here. No, that cannot go there. 
Okay, good. Do you see the industry generally uh, acceptance uh, and its acceptance to the idea of decentralization and this changing model yeah. of um, you know distributing royalties, right? It's something new for streamers as well. Mm-hmm. What, what what are their reactions generally? So I would say I would say there's a bit of cautiousness that's coming in. There's obvious advantages to certain tools that we have in the industry. For example, this idea of a decentralized ledger of information. Everyone agrees in principle that this mm. would work great, but you know the practicalities of that prevent it from being built. Um, you know, we do have people dipping their toes in. We see Warner Music doing a lot of work, Universal Music doing a lot of work in these spaces to seeing how they can take advantage of that, right? Yeah. Uh, we just saw a major partnership uh, with an AI platform from one of the majors that came out this past week. That's super cool. Um, and a lot of that's going to be incorporating some of the uh, technologies that we have in this space. So I would say cautious optimism. Uh, and I would say, you know, they're, they're definitely dipping their toes in. Um, they're letting the space mature. They're making mm-hmm. sure that this is where they want to move. And when they do move, they're going to move full fledged. Um, so letting companies like ours kind of, you know, take the first steps. And then when they're ready, it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be all at once uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your outlook on the next 10 years of music rights distribution, our artistic expression, the rise of the creator mm. industry. Like there's so many different things happening. It's I know it's hard to kind of, you know, predict anything. Mm. Um, I would say it's actually relatively AI, right? AI is growing so rapidly. Yeah. As well. well, I mean, like, I, I, I think this is, there's some really clear predictions that we can make right now. Uh, number one, we're going to continue to see a content explosion. You know, we're at 100,000 tracks every single day being released to places like Spotify. And that's only going to increase, right, with AI music, making uh, music more accessible, music creation more accessible, and creator tools continuing to lower that barrier to entry. Um, So that number is going to continue going up. That number is going to continue moving uh, and cluttering these streaming platforms. And so the question becomes, do we raise the bar? Yeah. Um, how do we change the payout model? Do we change the payout model? There's a lot of issues with uh, the per um, per stream rates that we have, the pro rata stream rates that we have. SoundCloud's done a lot of good work here on doing a fan-centered royalty approach. Um, but the question is, how does that move and who moves it? If we're moving it in a circumstance of saying, hey, this... Um, this rainforest sound is not worth the same amount from a streaming perspective as this Ed Sheeran song. Okay, who makes that determination, right? Where do we pull that information from? Do we need a hundredth version of a rainforest sound of a meditation track on Spotify? Um, and if not, who's paying for all the data costs, right? There's a lot of music that's out there uh, that never gets streamed. and That's going to continue increasing. So how do we deal with that? How do we filter that? And these data problems that we're talking about is not going to get easier as the content explosion continues. So we're going to have to find a way to shift away from the traditional models of dealing with data. um, And we're going to have to do this better, Uh, whether that's sorting through AI, whether that's doing a blockchain ledger, right, Uh, of shared a shared database for the industry. I don't know, but something is coming. It's going to depend on when it gets too painful for everyone in the industry. And they say, okay, we need to fix this. And it's going to be too late. (laughs) Yeah. As we, you know, as we transition between different mediums, between different uh, ways of distribution, 
you know the 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 traditional ones or you mm -hmm. know digital ones or you know uh, virtual reality ones mm -hmm. i think it's just going to get more interesting and complex as well from a data collection distribution perspective as mm -hmm. you said uh, and and security is and data privacy are major major issues that mm -hmm. that are being taken very seriously. So I'm hopeful for the future. I mean, I'm a big supporter of blockchain technology, mm -hmm. Web three myself, uh, and uh, and I see you know there's some good news coming for artists over the next mm -hmm. many years. And I and I and I recommend you know keep doing what you're doing as an artist, create your work. Don't don't get you know too bogged down into the into the weeds. Uh, and the future will be bright. But Matt, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate your insights. And it's it's enlightening to understand how the industry is functioning, what needs to be done and what not. Uh, so Absolutely. Thank you for your participation. Yeah, well, thanks for having me there. I'm uh, happy to share a little bit of my knowledge about the industry and you know how we potentially can do better. So. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, please check out Unchained Music at unchainedmusic.io. And uh, if you're an artist, I would recommend upload your track and see what happens to it. Matt, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, Bye. friends, Appreciate if you it. liked this episode of The Ian Khan Show, then please share it with your friends and peers. Also, check out my new and upcoming future readiness program, the Future Ready Leader Circle, scientifically designed to help your business become undisruptible by measuring the impact of over 175 disruptive forces on your business. The Future Ready Leader Circle has been designed as a result of our collaboration with world-leading foresight experts, research institutes, educational institutions, and studying over 250 individual research studies. Visit IanKhan.com.